A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad that you are along for the ride today. Coming up on the program, we're going to talk about a new poll uh, from the Washington Post that I don't think the Post is too happy about, to be quite honest. Uh, Here's the headline for you to take a look at. Support for new gun laws falls from peak after Parkland shooting post-ABC poll finds. Americans, they say, still prioritize enacting new laws over protecting gun ownership, but by a smaller margin than before. So before we get into this particular poll, let's just note that that polling is not a science. Polling is an art. The way that questions are phrased can help determine the results that you're going to get. Uh, And we see this quite often with uh, gun control polls. We've actually seen a number of gun control polls, including one that uh, came out from the Morning Consult, I believe, uh, last week, uh, actually showing the opposite of what the Washington Post has found, that a majority of Americans do not support the idea of putting more gun laws on the books. Instead, they would rather see us enforce the existing laws. Uh, But this post poll is interesting because they've periodically asked the same question uh, over the past few years. And while they say that there is a a decline uh, compared to when they asked this question right after the shooting in Parkland, uh, Florida in 2018, in all honesty, this is the lowest support for new gun control that the Washington Post has found In almost a decade, uh, here's the data. Half of Americans, they say, prioritize enacting new gun laws over protecting gun rights down from 2018. So this was the question that they uh, asked. Which do you think should be a higher priority right now? Enacting new laws to try to reduce gun violence or protecting the right to own guns? As you see, 2013, 52% of Americans said, more gun laws. 40% said, let's protect the right to own guns. and then. Back in uh, 2016, it was really almost equal, almost 50-50. Actually, slightly more Americans said, you know what, we need to be protecting the right to keep bare arms uh, instead of uh, enacting new laws. Then again, after Parkland, you see support for gun control shoot up, 57%, 34% say now we need to protect the right to own firearms. And uh, now in 2021, 50-43. Again, just based on that wording and based on that sample size, the, the, the poll is not good news for the Washington Post and for fans of gun control. In fact, as you dig deeper into this poll, the news actually gets worse for gun control supporters and better for Second Amendment advocates. Um, so the, the follow-up question, uh, or the, the, rather the uh, question, uh, which do you think should be a higher priority right now, enacting new laws to try to reduce gun violence or protecting the right to own guns? Do you feel that way strongly or somewhat? of those responding said, I strongly believe we need to have new gun control laws. 38% said, I strongly believe we need to protect the right to keep and bear arms. A four-point difference. Now, you notice at the bottom of this graph, you see the margin of error here is three and a half points, which means that we're really talking about a, a difference within the margin of error here. In terms of those Americans who say, more gun control, and those Americans who say, protect my right to keep and bear arms, it's basically 50-50. Uh, and the Washington Post says most of the decline in the support for new gun control laws uh, is coming, as you might expect, from the right, but also from the middle as well. 
They say the poll finds while more than 8 in 10 Democrats continue to support enacting new gun laws, about the same share as 2018, opinions have shifted among Republicans and independents. This year, 76% of Republicans say that protecting the right to own guns should be a higher priority, up from 58% three years ago. Independents roughly split, 43% saying that the rights of gun owners should be prioritized. 43% say gun violence laws should be prioritized. In 2018, independents prioritized new gun control laws by a 25-point margin, 58% to 33%. So you have seen a cratering of support for new gun control laws uh, among those independent Americans, those who don't affiliate as either Democrat or Republican. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're the quote-unquote moderate voters. I mean, you can find some, you know, pretty fringy ideas among independent voters. But this is worth noting here, that among basically every group of Americans, except committed Democrats, gun control is losing support. The Post also says Americans are divided equally as to whether Biden's doing too much to enact new laws or trying to reduce gun violence. Um... Oh, excuse me, uh, trying to enact new laws, trying to reduce gun violence. 32% say Biden's doing too much. 32% say he's doing too little. 28% say uh, the porridge is just right there. Now, here, here's a couple of things to, to talk about. First of all, the good news for even gun control advocates is that we don't need new gun control laws to prevent violent crime. As a matter of fact, I would say that that takes us in the wrong direction. So the very framing of the Post's question here, do you support new laws to reduce gun violence, or do you think we should uh, support the right to own guns? I would have to say I think it's more important to protect the right to own firearms, not because I don't care about reducing violence, but because I don't think Joe Biden's gun control plans would reduce violence because they're aimed at legal gun owners. I don't think, uh, again, trying to get rid of homemade firearms is going to prevent violent crime because criminals aren't going to pay attention to that law to begin with. I don't think requiring Americans to register all of their uh, AR-style pistols under the National Firearms Act is going to reduce violent crime, because, again, criminals aren't going to do that. I don't believe that universal background checks reduce violent crime. I don't believe that banning guns reduces violent crime. I don't believe that banning magazines reduces violent crime. I don't believe that inhibiting or prohibiting the, the average citizen from carrying a gun in self-defense prevents violent crime, because in all of those cases, we're talking about Legal gun owners, responsible gun owners who are the targets of these new laws. Better way to reduce violent crime is to actually focus on those few individuals who are committing violent crime, particularly uh, when it comes to the type of drug and gang-fueled violence, street-level violence in uh, many of our biggest cities. In, in those instances, Law enforcement knows who the most violent offenders are. Members of the community know who the most violent offenders are. It's not a matter of putting new laws on the books. It's a matter of making sure that those individuals actually uh, feel the warm embrace of the criminal justice system and are not allowed to continually plea bargain charges away, get a slap on the wrist, and are quickly returned to the streets to commit more violent crimes. That, that cycle of rinse and repeat is what is exacerbating, is helping to exacerbate. It's not the only cause of the rise in violent crime, but it is helping to exacerbate the rise in violent crime that we are seeing in many cities around the country. So I'm, I, I, I'm glad that fewer Americans support the idea of trying to ban our way to safety. That's a very positive sign. Um, but we need to let them know 
those those those, those holdouts, the eighty percent of Democrats who say, "Well, oh, yeah, we should prioritize new gun control laws." We need to be talking to them, even if they don't want to listen. We should at least try to make the effort. And many of them won't want to listen, but we should point out, "Hey, um, all right, so you're not you you believe the criminal justice system as it is is systemically racist, right? I mean, you believe that we need to reform law enforcement, we need to reimagine policing." So, um, so why is it that you want to give police more power and authority to arrest individuals on nonviolent possessory offenses, put them in prison uh, for owning a gun, not because they're a prohibited person, but because they, they, they didn't get the required license. And the reason why they didn't get the required license uh, is because of, again, the, the discriminatory nature of the criminal justice system. I just want to make sure you're in favor of that. Because I, I know that you're a criminal justice reform advocate. I, I know that you believe in the need to reimagine policing. So I just, just want to make sure that you're still okay with keeping this old style of policing on the books when it comes to keeping people from exercising their right to keep and bear arms. So make sure you're okay with that, right? See, I, I, again, I, I know I've talked about this before. I'm going to talk about it again right now. There is a contradiction inherent on the left right now between their embrace of gun control and their demand for reform of law enforcement, policing, and, and, and even the criminal justice system itself. You can't embrace the idea of putting, I mean, you can, but you're an inconsistent nincompoop if you do. You can't embrace the idea of putting more laws on the books that are going to put more people in prison for nonviolent crimes. At the same time, you believe we're putting too many people in prison for nonviolent offenses. And yet, and yet, if you're a Democrat, you are expected to believe both of those positions must be true, even though one of them clearly cannot be. you got to pick between one or the other. Well, Democrats are still trying to have it both ways. Uh, I, I, and, I, and again, I think you see the result of this. A, a cratering of support uh, among those Americans who don't march in lockstep with the left, who look at these things, they 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 examine these issues uh, without necessarily feeling like they have to agree with the dominant position in the Democratic Party, and when folks are able to look at this position without having uh, to attach, you know, tribal affiliations to their own uh, ideology, what you find again is that. Most Americans say, no, I, I don't believe that we can ban or arrest our way to safety. And I would, again, I would argue that many people on the left believe this too. Or at least they would believe it if they thought about it in those terms. But instead, again, the left keeps telling, hey, listen, this is about gun safety. Right? This, is, this isn't about gun control. This is about gun safety. This is about common sense gun safety regulations. They never talk about the criminal penalties for the laws they want to put on the books. So why would Democrats, why would the average Democrat spend too much time thinking about those things? Uh, again, I, I think it's up to us to remind them of what the gun control advocates don't really want to talk about. Now, as for those violent criminals, yeah, let's turn our attention to today's uh, Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll, we'll start there. Urbana, Illinois. Plenty of gun control laws on the books. In the state of Illinois, as a matter of fact, yesterday, a uh, circuit court judge in Illinois 
declared that the state's FOID card requirement, the, the firearm owner ID card that you are required to have before you can own a gun, is unconstitutional, at least as it applies to firearms in the home. This is a good step. But remember, right now, the gun control laws in the books, on the books in Illinois, so restrictive that before you can exercise your right to keep and bear arms, you must get permission from the state to do so. Now, that law has led to tens of thousands of Illinois residents right now being denied their ability to keep and bear arms because they're stuck in this bureaucratic limbo because the Illinois State Police has taken more than four months on average to process a FOID card application. So there's a four-month waiting period right now in Illinois for anybody who wants to legally purchase a firearm. It's going to take, on average, at least that long for the Illinois State Police to say, okay, you're good to go. Now you can go down to a gun store and go through another background check before you purchase a firearm. It is an absurdly redundant system, but it's doing what gun control advocates wanted to do, which is preventing individuals from keeping and bearing arms, at least temporarily. I would argue that a right delayed is a right denied. Obviously, gun control advocates don't see it that way. But in the meantime, criminals, they're not applying for their FOID cards. They're, 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 they're not trying to work within the system. They are ignoring all kinds of laws. And the state of Illinois, and frankly, many other states around the country, are allowing them to ignore these laws. So here's the headline. Two males, age 16 and 18, charged with a midday shooting in Urbana. This is from the uh, News Gazette. Don't have a, a ton of information here. Uh, the shooting did not leave anybody injured, but it left a uh, house with holes on the uh, outside. Urbana Police Lieutenant Dave Smizer says officers were uh, sent out to the home just before noon on Saturday for reports of a uh, shot fired. Smizer says someone came to the house in a vehicle, shot of the house, they come out of the house and shoot back. The uh, two who came out of the home were identified as 18-year-old Patrick Jordan and a 16-year-old male, both of whom told police they were staying at the Schumann address. Smizer said police saw Jordan carrying a safe out of the home, and after police got a uh, judge's permission to search the residence, they opened the safe and found two loaded handguns, one of which had a, quote, extended magazine. They also searched a car in the driveway and found six pills of ecstasy inside. There were two bullet holes found in the side of the home, another in a row of trash cans near the house. Police don't know, nor that they found the people who were allegedly shooting at Jordan, the uh, 16-year-old. But Smizer says we, quote, believe the shooting to be gang-related. On Monday, Jordan was charged with aggravated discharge of a firearm, reckless discharge of a firearm, and possession of a controlled substance. Uh, the judge in this case set his bond at $500,000, continued the case to May 11th, so he could hire his own attorney. Uh, in a uh, separate courtroom, the News Gazette says uh, another judge found it was a matter of, quote, immediate and urgent necessity that the 16-year-old be held in juvenile detention, at least until his next court appearance on May 11th. He has been charged with uh, aggravated discharge of a firearm, reckless discharge of a firearm, as well as two counts of unlawful possession of a firearm for allegedly having the guns. Now, here's the thing. You might be able to argue that this pair were acting in self-defense. After all, somebody was shooting at them first, right, when they then left the home and returned fire. You, you could make a self-defense argument. I think it would be tougher given the fact that they left the house, but you can still make the argument, and maybe their attorneys will. 
here's the other problem, though. Court records indicate that both Jordan and the 16-year-old have prior convictions for aggravated unlawful use of weapons from just last year and are both on probation. That's right. No prison time. No time in juvenile detention. No attempt to rehabilitate these uh, young men. Nope. Just a slap on the wrist and go away. Don't come back. If you come back, then we're going to get tough on you. That's always the empty promise. And it is always an empty promise. News Gazette says the shootings bring to two dozen. The number of confirmed incidents of shots fired in Urbana in 2021 almost double the 13 for the same period less, uh, last year. So again, all of Illinois' gun control laws on the books, criminals aren't paying attention to any of them, and why should they? Because when they violate the law, nothing happens to them! So why would they give a damn about another gun control law when violating the laws against shooting at someone? don't seem to trigger a response, a a proportionate response from the state of Illinois and the criminal justice system there. All right, on to our uh, armed citizen story of the day from uh, next door to Illinois and Indiana. No charges in a shooting in New Albany, Indiana, where prosecutors say a woman acted in self-defense back on Sunday when she fatally shot her boyfriend. Emergency crews responded to a home in New Albany uh, Sunday uh, around 9 p.m. On a report of a shooting, they found 42-year-old John Anthony Robertson with multiple gunshot wounds. He was taken to a local hospital where he was pronounced dead from his injuries. A woman at the home was later determined to have fired these shots as Robertson assaulted her and Robertson's uh, son, as well as her own daughter. So this guy was trying to beat up basically everybody in the house. Um... And the woman was actually taken to the hospital with injuries, but she is expected to recover. The Floyd County prosecutor, Chris Lane, said during a press conference, quote, in this particular instance, after reviewing the evidence, we're announcing that no charges will be filed. In this case, we believe the woman acted appropriately and in defense of herself and others, specifically her family. The uh, Floyd County Chief Deputy Prosecutor, Evan Bardick, said that a fight involving Robertson, the woman, and the uh, two children had preceded the shooting. A fight began when Robertson was reportedly drunk, got into an argument with his son, and then punched him in the face. And then as the woman was trying to break up the fight, which also included her daughter, Robertson is said to have assaulted them both, including biting the woman's face, quote, to the point that she had to be treated at the hospital and is fortunate not to have a substantial portion of her cheek completely removed by that bite. Yeah. The fight then moved outside. The woman was able to grab the gun that Robertson had in his waistband and fire. Hitting him in the lower torso and groin area, three of the four shots fired. Quote, all while he is continuing to be the aggressor in the fight, continuing to try to bite and strike the woman and children. Prosecutor said, unfortunately, she was left with no choice but to retaliate with those three shots to Mr. Robertson. Well, again, I'm glad that she was able to defend herself and her children. Uh, glad that she was able to uh, get the gun from her attacker. And uh, I would encourage her, she probably doesn't need this encouragement from me, but I would encourage her that uh, going forward, she uh, get some training and get a gun of her own so that she doesn't have to rely on trying to snatch one out of the uh, waistband of the guy who's literally trying to bite her face off. All right, finally today, our good deed of the day. 
from Pennsylvania, where uh, this officer, Kristen Mitrison, was in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to save the life of an infant the other day. It's from uh, WPXI in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. A uh, this was Saturday. Parents said their 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 young daughter, nine days old, just seemed a little off. Was was fussy, and uh, and then as they were taking her to the hospital, as they're, I mean they're they're literally in the car. They're on their way to the hospital. Um, Joe Schleicher said his wife noticed that she's not breathing. Um, so he said I had to get her out of the car seat. We were sitting at a red light at that point, and that is when Officer Matrison drove by. So they waved her down. Um, he said, I, or she said, I heard beeping next to me. I saw a male driver waving at me, so I put down the window, saw what was going on, hopped out of her car, took the baby from the father, started doing compressions, then a bystander jumped in to help as well. Officer Matrison said, I asked him, sir, can you please get the AED uh, out of my car? And he said, yeah, I'm a corrections officer. I'll help you. So the machine did its work. The officer continued to do chest compressions. Uh, minutes later, the baby let out a cry. Officer Matrison said it was the best cry she's ever heard. Um, they took little Olivia to the hospital. As it turns out, she she has a heart condition, and she's going to need surgery for it. But they know now, and they can deal with that, as opposed to those terrifying moments when their baby simply wasn't breathing. Officer Matrison said, I'm a mother of two children, so I would hope that someone could help me too. Uh, meanwhile, Olivia's dad, Joe Schleicher, said if the officer would be willing to meet the baby, meet up with us after she comes out of the hospital, it's definitely something that we'd be interested in. She says, I feel like she may feel as proud as we are, knowing that she saved the baby. I'm sure she does. And I hope that that meeting gets to take place. And uh, in the meantime, again, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, Officer Kristen Matrison in Pleasant Hills, Pennsylvania. We thank you for your very good deed. That is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Barry and Arms, Cam and Company. I do want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. Also want to thank our VIP members uh, for supporting BarryandArms.com and Barry and Arms, Cam and Company. We really do appreciate your support. It allows us to continue to do programs like this. Uh, but we also, you know, we like to give back too. So you get special analysis, commentary, stories that are not available to non-subscribers. All you have to do to sign up is go to barryandarms.com slash subscribe. You can use the code GUNS, G-U-N-S, and get 25% off of your membership. Again, we certainly do appreciate it. Uh, you can also splurge a little more, and you can go for the VIP Gold membership, which will get you access to exclusive commentary and columns throughout the Town Hall uh, family of websites. So that's barryandarms.com. PJ Media, Hot Air, Red State, Twitchy, townhall.com. Obviously, uh, you'll be able to take part in our VIP Gold live chats with Ed Morrissey from Hot Air and myself, though we do those on Wednesdays. Uh, but again, you can uh, learn more information by going to barryandarms.com slash subscribe. And speaking of uh, subscribing, don't forget to subscribe to Town Hall Media on YouTube. That way you'll never miss one of these programs. Or if you watch the show on Rumble, just look us up at Bearing Arms Cam and Company. You can also find us in podcast form on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, as well as the townhall.com podcast page. We will be back tomorrow with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. But until then, be well, be safe, and be free.